please join me in prayer. Father, you're, you're amazing. We are so grateful to be able to be here this morning to, to sing your praises and to lift up the name of Jesus that is above all names. And it's not just the word, the letters that make up his name, it's his nature, his character, his heart, his, the sacrifice that he laid his life down for us. There's power in his name, there's, there's joy in following him and being his apprentice and, and dying to ourselves so that he can live through us. And that's amazing, what a, what a truth that is that we can hold on to and live by. Oh, Father, I pray that we can lift the name of Jesus up, not just with our vocal cords, but in our lives. The way we approach this crazy world to show our allegiance proudly with with joy to Jesus, to allow him to reign in our, our bodies, to just put ourselves to death and our thinking and our preferences, just put him to death and just let him live through us, Father. Thank you for that reality that we are not just stuck with our own best thinking that we can live for Jesus. And help us this morning to to submit ourselves and to humble ourselves to your word. And I pray that we all can do this joyfully in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Grateful for that song. Grateful for Marissa and the crew and all the, they come in here early. They rehearse during the week. I mean, they they work hard, you know. And I'm encouraged and inspired to, to serve alongside of everyone here. And as uh, Garth uh, shared, we are starting a, a series, Joy of Giving, right? And hopefully we do feel joy in, in giving. And it's based on this uh, book. Well, it was based on the Bible. Don't be getting all critical already on me. It's based on the Bible. But this book has scriptures in it too, right? It's a bit the treasure principle. And look, y'all, it's short. And it's little pages. So you can do it. You can do it. You can read this book. So I hope you can. So it's a great book. And uh, One of the aspects of the book that it says is that 15% of everything that Christ said relates to money and possessions. And that's more than his teachings on heaven and hell combined. Okay. I had to, you know, that's just, that's like right early in the book. And so let's just jump right and let's just, let me just be honest with you. So I've been trying to really, introspection is not bad, examine my heart. And so I've been trying to do that as a spiritual discipline and here I am having to speak about this, and I'm like, okay, well, what, I'm going over these scriptures, and, and I, here's what I realized. I have not talked about possession and money enough. If, that, if, if, if Jesus talked about it that much, and I just take a personal look at my own life, I'm not doing that. I haven't done that, and I have to own that, right? And so, I, but why? why? Why is that, right? And, and maybe, I, I'm just, again, I'm trying to think it. Maybe I like, people don't want to hear it, so I, you know, maybe, that, maybe that's been in my heart more than I want to admit. Uh, let's cover more inspiring topics. Maybe that weaves in. Maybe I, I fall prey to that consumer Christianity. We provide the goods. You receive them. You like us. We like you. We work together. I don't want to go there, but maybe I have more than I realize. You know, I don't want to make our friends and family and neighbors feel all uncomfortable when they come to church and talk about money. Maybe that's woven in there. I don't know. And, you know, it's not my strength, right? It's not like my, it's not like, I mean, I, I've got strengths and I've got gifts just like you, right? It's not like I'm a, the greatest money manager in the entire world. So maybe, you know how it is, when it's not your strength, you tend to sh- maybe shy away from something, right? And maybe I've done more of that. So I'm just, I'm just giving you where I'm at. 
all right? And you can hopefully search your own heart, and maybe your view on money or possessions, maybe it's shaped more about your preferences, feelings, thinking, culture, than maybe Jesus. And if so, hopefully you can make some appropriate changes in your life. So hopefully that's what we do. So I hope that we can look at Jesus and go, yeah, he, he talked about it a lot, so let's not be afraid of it. Because the reality is, come on, we live in a country that worships money and possessions. And we think, we, we don't realize, that's not every country. I haven't traveled the entire world. I'm sorry, I haven't. But I, I'm sorry. I just, some cultures are just not like United States of America when it comes to money and stuff, Right? You know, it's like every day you're just bombarded. I don't care if you're trying to watch TV or you're on the internet. You got to have this. You got to have that. I mean, it's just like, I want, I want. Las Vegas people, that's in our country. If you've been there, they got a view on money and possessions. Lost wages, Nevada. That is why it's called that. So we have to let our money, what is our mindset towards money? And I appreciate this, the, the, the book, it brings out scriptures that are helpful. And, and if you're a veteran in the faith, you're probably not going to read one passage today that you've probably never read. But last time I checked, it's not about reading it or being able to find it. It's like, are you living it? <laughs> you know, is it in your heart, right? And so I, I appreciate the, the perspective is, you know, what's, what was the perspective on money and stuff? Kind of like before Jesus started his ministry, as he was giving his lessons and whatever, and sermons, and, and after he left, what was the money mindset, right? And I think we should learn from that. Hopefully that's our example, not the culture that we live in, for goodness sake. What about Jesus' forerunner, right? His cousin, John the Baptist. Jesus said he was the greatest prophet, right? And they were asking, he was preaching hard line about repentance. And they're like, okay, well, what is basically, how does, what does that look like? Well, how, what do we do? And John says, well, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has Food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. And teacher, they asked, what should we do? And John the Baptist, he said, you know what? Don't collect any more than you are required to. And then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? And he replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. What do you see? All of these have to do with money, stuff. What's your mindset? That, to John, was an example of your repentance. Do you, did you change your thinking about what's your stuff? If somebody has nothing, you give it to them, right? This was a, the fruit of repentance, according to the greatest prophet, right? And he talks about tax collectors. Come on, guys, how does that, what does that remind you of, right? So this is before Jesus' public ministry. But what about when Jesus was walking around? Come on, Zacchaeus up in the tree, Jesus has an interaction with him, Zacchaeus, who's been a crook and a greedy his whole life. What does Zacchaeus say? He says, you know what? If I've cheated anybody, I'm going to give back four times the amount. What is that? He's changing his mindset on his stuff. He's allowing Jesus to change him. And it changes his behavior and his actions. It's not just up in his head. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, you get it. Deliverance has come to you. That word salvation also a lot of times is deliverance. You're, you're being delivered from the grip that stuff can have on a person. And we know the rich young ruler, right? Oh, Jesus, I know. Tell me what I need to do. I mean, I've pretty much been doing everything, but just let me know what I need to do, right? And he says, oh, okay, go ahead. Sell everything you have. Give to the poor. Then come on, let's go. 
My man was like, nah, I can't do that. He went away sad because he had a lot of stuff. So he's the opposite of a Zacchaeus. He could, that, his stuff had a grip on him. And he couldn't, he couldn't bear that fruit of repentance. The stuff had more, possessed him more than he possessed his stuff. And so this is Jesus' ministry. This is when he's interacting with people, right? Right? What about, that, what about that time when he's there and people are putting money into the treasury, right? And many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a, only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus wanted to teach him something. Hey, guys, come here. Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than the others. They gave out of their wealth. They gave out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. But she only put two cents in there. Jesus' mindset on money is different from ours. It's different. What kind of trust does it take for a woman in that society, already one strike against her in that culture, and a widow, another strike against her, and poor, another strike against her? Jesus lifts her up and praises her, specifically because of what it shows her mindset when it comes to stuff and money. That does, it makes a difference, guys. If we don't, we, in this culture, we got to hear this stuff over and over again. You hit the nail in the same place enough times, the nail gets through the hard wood, right? And Jesus didn't even have to interact with people. Sometimes he'd just be telling stories. You know, Jesus is a good storyteller. Oh, man, there was this dude, he was, he was just making bank, man. Every investment he had was just coming back a hundredfold. He was getting so much stuff, he thought to himself, man, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to go to Tahiti. I'm going to take a vacation. I got to do, I, what am I going to do with all my stuff? You know, I'm going to build barns all over my property. I'm going to load them up with all my stuff. I'm going to retire. I'm going to chill. And Jesus said, he's telling this story, and he goes, but God said to him, you fool. This very night, you ain't going to make it to the morning. And then who will get all that stuff you want to put in those barns? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. I don't care if it was before Jesus' ministry. I don't care if it was real people he ran into. I don't care if it was stories he was telling. He's getting at us. What's your mindset about money and stuff? And are you more on, are you, what side are you on with Jesus? So Jesus is, is crucified and he's come back from the dead, the resurrection, the foundation so much of what our faith is all about. What about those communities of people after he's gone? What about the people that, that identified with Jesus and created communities? What about them? What was their mindset? All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Some of y'all are already gone. Y'all are like, man, that's ridiculous. Right? Socialism, whatever you want to call it. That's crazy. We're not doing that here. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the foundation of that community, right? And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. 
For from time to time, notice that, from time to time. This isn't every single day of the week. But man, sometimes, from time to time, God's spirit would move in somebody's heart, right? And those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sale and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. And Joseph, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, you know, he sold a field he owned, bought the money, and put it at the apostles' feet. This was a community of people basing themselves on Jesus' teachings and his life. And this was the fruit of it. Just like John the Baptist talked about, this is consistent. But is this the, is this the, the character of the United States of America or other countries? You can choose one in Europe. I, I'm, not bl- I'm not trying to bash our country. I'm just saying, good night. Capitalism and all that stuff. Free market enterprise. Money. My stuff. Is this, is this? Wow, this is a challenge, right? This is, to me, this is challenging. Do I have this mindset? Wow, I, I hope we do. And the, beauty, the beautiful thing is there are people like this right here. <laughs> They're sitting among you, which is amazing. I've seen. But what it is, God's grace. It, it, it's like this incredible favor of God. When you, when you feel that, that favor from God, that forgiveness, that love from God, it, it does a number on us. We, we, we just died ourselves. And, and then God can, can, can live through us. And that, that grace was working powerfully through them. It wasn't their great personality or their great philanthropy. That's not what the Scripture said. You know, something that was outside of them came within them, and then it just overflowed out. That's beautiful. And I wanted to show this, uh, this, this video. I was going to have this couple here. They had to go out of town. And, so they had to record this, and they have a little baby. So, you know, praise God they got it done. But I wanted to kind of have them come up here because it's a, short, it's a short little story. But to me, I remember when it went down, and it was just beautiful to me. I, don't know, I just thought it was a great sentiment. But I wanted to share this video. Hopefully it'll work. Um, but uh, I think this is an example of what happens when you, you know, when, some of, when these principles kind of get lived out, you know, in our, in our own presence, I think it's pretty cool. So hopefully we can. Good morning, church. My name is Kyle Miller, and this is my wife, Tony. Hello. And we just wanted to share a time in the beginning of our marriage uh, that really set the stage for us as a couple. Mm-hmm. So we had been married uh, a couple of months, and North River announced his very first marriage retreat. Um, and we were so, so excited because this is something that obviously we... Um, kind of had been looking forward to something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that North River had never done before, um, and everybody was just really excited about Yeah, we were really excited. I was like, oh, yeah, we just got married, so this will be the first time that they're doing it. So mm-hmm. we were definitely excited. But I was also a little bummed out because we could um, afford to pay for the ticket, but just not the living arrangements. And so yeah. I was a little bummed out about that, and I was like, oh, I don't know if we'll be able to do it. Because so. at the time... Um, I had just been let go from my animation job, uh, and I was working two jobs, and we were basically just making ends meet at mm-hmm. the time. Um, so we didn't actually know if we were able to go at all. Um, but at that time, when they were announcing everything, um, North River leadership had actually said that they um, could possibly help people mm-hmm. who are in need. <laughs> so when North River was announcing uh, the retreat, they actually um, made a special caveat um, that anybody who was feeling any, any strain... Um, about making their way over, um, that they can ask the leadership possibly for help, mm-hmm. um, and that they could possibly make a way for those um, who weren't able to go. We asked Jeff, and he let us know that someone was actually gifting us um, a hotel room 
-hmm. that we can stay at, and all that we would have to pay for was just uh, the registration fee. Mm -hmm. At the at the retreat location itself. Yes, because um, at the time we were also just like brainstorming in the pews, like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How mm -hmm. are we going to be able to stay? Maybe we can find a cheap hotel somewhere off in the boonies that we can just travel over and, and make that whole thing work out somehow. Um, but thankfully, we didn't have to worry about any of that. And then once we got to the retreat, we were super excited, especially when we seen our room. It was like on the top floor of the hotel and it was gorgeous. It was not what we were expecting at all. Yeah. And so that was definitely a shock. It almost looked like, it almost looked like a, I don't know, like a penthouse or something, but it was overlooking the city and it was just mm -hmm. more than we could have asked for. The retreat, when we actually uh, were able to go for that weekend, I mean, it was unlike anything that we had ever mm -hmm. experienced before. It was. It was so different than all the other ones um, because yeah. everybody was at a different stage in life. Mm -hmm. um, just the maturity level of all the couples there, um, the types of conversations that we were having, the raw vulnerability mm -hmm. of people um, really sharing their lives um, was just leagues above um, how it was when we were in campus and in mm -hmm. singles. We were able to have hard conversations yeah. with each other. Um, we were able to share hopes and dreams. And especially helped because we were, again, we were only married for uh, a few months at that time. So it happened right at the, the right time, I think. Uh, the next year, um, when the retreat came around again and North River announced everything that was going on, uh, we were in a much better place financially. Mm -hmm. um, and we were really excited because looking back on the previous year, um, what an amazing time that we had. Um, we were compelled to, to try and make this happen for someone else mm -hmm. the way that we were able to experience um, this retreat. So uh, when we were finally able to um, pay for someone's way um, like we had been given to, I mean the the amount of satisfaction uh, mm -hmm. that we felt, it was just so good to be able to give to someone like we had been given to. And I was like also trying to figure out, I was like I wonder who it is, I hope they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. So um, I just, I don't know, it just made you feel good. Like. Um, we really needed some help and assistance during that time. And so it was really, I don't know, it just made you feel good to be able to do the same back. So it was it was moments like this um, where we were really able to see the the hearts of the people around us mm -hmm. on display to to make those big moments happen in other people's lives. We had, we had a lot of fun. We were able to go out to eat with different couples. We were able to, you know, sing and worship and just, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. Oh, the icebreakers for that. Uh, the first marriage uh, retreat were, were pretty. Were they were funny. funny. <laughs> they were they were good. Yeah, it was it was seeing seeing whole different sides of people. Yeah. Um, and really seeing their personalities come out and mm -hmm. that we've that we've never seen before. Yeah, it so. was it was almost like meeting everybody for the first time again because you see everybody a certain way when when they're at church and they're in the work week and they're you know kind of wrapped around with their daily lives, um, but then going off into a retreat, into a place where they can just relax and be more themselves. Um, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was like, it was like having a whole new friend and family yeah. group. We hope that we were able to um, play even a little part in helping to make this uh, random collection of strangers in this big building um, in one of the largest <laughs> cities in the Southeast uh, really feel like um, a home and a family. It was really special for us to be able to um, just make life um, a little more special mm -hmm. for each other so thank you so much for letting us share yeah we love you church love you All right. bye bye amen
So, I mean, to me, that's an example. I mean, and I remember the couple that came up to me and said, hey, we want a gift to help someone else go. And I, and I remember that couple, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And so, and I remember the look on their face when I told them, I found a couple that can let you, they're going to pay for you guys. And, and they, it was anonymous, so they, they still don't know who it was that paid for them. And then the next year, I kind of, you know, I didn't remember it totally. The next year comes around, and then Kyle and Tony come up to me, we're going to pay for somebody else. I just said, I said, that, that's what it's about. That's what it's about, you know. And I, on a practical note, yeah, I hope, I hope we can have that happen every retreat we have, right? That people that have the means can just distribute as people's the need, right? But we have to, we got to die to ourselves and our view of stuff and money and let that grace pour out of us. That's how it works. So, um, so the first treasure principle is, the, you know, God owns everything, and I'm his money manager. Amen to that, right? That's, that's the principle that you'll read in the book, and that's the principle in the Bible, right? And uh, I'm running out of time. Amen. So the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Can I get an amen? amen? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Are you in it? Okay, I'm just checking. So you and I are the Lord's, right? It's his, right? Uh, all his people belong to him, and this is such a good thing to just meditate on and sing and, and repeat to yourself and, and, and read multiple times, memorize. Um, and then I love, this is a good one too. You know, a little, a little history lesson, right? <laughs> Moses giving a history lesson. You know, you know, God gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I appreciate this. You know, growing up, sometimes my mom had to check me. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I, I start being a teenager, I'm, you know, I think I'm all of that. Sometimes you got to, hey, man, who you think you are? You know what I'm saying? I'm running this thing. You ain't running nothing but your mouth. I, I'm the one paying the rent. I do this, that. You need to respect, or you know, sometimes you got to check somebody. And I appreciate scriptures like this and these moments in, in history. Don't think it's about all your great intellect. I can read the market and I invest wisely. It's all, you better thank God for the intellect, for the, the wisdom, the ability to do anything you do that produces any wealth. And when you produce that wealth, it ain't yours. He's entrusted it to you, but it's his. So be a good steward and manage it in the way he would if he were running it, right? Which is, again, I know that's not easy, right? For some of us, some of us, it's, it's, it's easier than others. So <clears throat> we're closing out here next. Uh, this is a great one because I think this has a lot to do with our time right now in a pandemic. Wow. There, there was an, uh, a collection that Paul was going around trying to get for the church in Jerusalem. Jerusalem's going through a terrible time, struggling. So Paul was going to other churches to try to get a collection to, to help the church, to help the brothers and sisters. So he says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. 2020, have you been tested by any troubles? You know, yeah, that's what I thought probably you can relate. And they are very poor, 
but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Those words don't make sense together. They don't. (laughs) Being tested, right? I get that. Poor, right? I understand that. Wait a minute. Joy? Abundant joy? Overflowing and being generous? (coughs) That makes sense. It does if you are a spirit-filled, die to yourself daily, let the grace live through you, Christian follower. These words do make sense. (laughs) Right? So these Macedonians, they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. No preacher forcing them to, putting them on a guilt trip. None of that. Because, I mean, Paul could have said, man, y'all are going through it yourselves, Macedonia. I'll get some more from some other place. Y'all just chill. And they, beg- they were begging for the privilege. To buy- <laughs> they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They begged to give. And they didn't have anything. Many of us have a lot, and we don't want to give. <laughs> wow. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord first and then to us. Isn't that the truth? You give yourself to God first, and you're, you're his, and you allow him to use you to his will, and beautiful things happen. And that's what happened for them. And I believe that's what happens at this congregation for the most part. I believe it. For the most part, praise God, you're a generous congregation. Praise God, you know. uh, We we haven't had to shutter the doors and all that because you are are giving, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm sure all of us can grow and we can look at our our living and and make changes if need be so that we can give to God. But at first we give ourselves to him. And the last passage I want to read before we pray for the Lord's Supper, and after I pray for the Lord's Supper, that, that's the time when you can, if you're at home, you can take it. So you can maybe get your preparations ready, and then after I pray, then you can take it. So, so we want to remember this about Jesus. You know, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. That's the heart of Jesus. That is his heart, to, to, to not hold on to stuff, not even hold on to his life. Give his very life so that we could have riches. I mean, willing to go that far. And may we see that example in Jesus. And may we fix our eyes on Jesus and not be consumed by what consumes this culture, which is accumulation of stuff and fight for it. And not give it away, right? Let us not be molded by that world, but let us be molded by the heart of Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your generosity, for your willingness to go to the cross. So powerful, the level of sacrifice. We're grateful that the the grave could not hold you down, but that you were raised from the dead, and we worship you in the body Your body that we are going to take in our our hearts and our stomachs is real to us. The fruit of the vine that we're about to drink, your blood that you shed, we feel it. And we want you to know we love you. And we proclaim that we will be your generous followers until you come take us home. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.